Okay, folks. What is this, episode six? Episode six yeah. of Plum Bum's podcast. Your, uh, your inside look at the trades and blue-collar garbage that we keep behind the scenes. The dirty trucks. <laughs> the dirty shop. Keep our in- uniforms clean so they don't see all that. But, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Episode six. We're uh, just kind of cruising along here. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> to see how consistent it's well it's fun and people are people are responding to it which is why we yeah you know why we, why we're even inviting people back i saw it back a, one more another viewer in belgium randomly and one in portugal we got two belgians we have two belgians and a portuguese but uh it's a lot of fun i'm enjoying this yeah and it's interesting that last episode i got two calls on it uh, for Otto from Jigsaw, and they're like, "Man, that guy, that guy, I was really interested. He, had a, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from him. I didn't know a lot of the things that uh, that he told us. Yeah, about him. But uh, here we are, episode six. So for this one, I got an old buddy of mine, Jesse Cruz, who owns out in Marshall's Creek, Pennsylvania, Crucible Jiu-Jitsu Studio, and you are a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, correct? Yes, sir." Jesse, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Jesse. Beyond what you just said? <laughs> exactly. Uh, everything you said people. was correct. Okay, good. Um, your black belt in jiu-jitsu, how long have you been, how long have you been doing jiu-jitsu? Uh, I started training jiu-jitsu when I was about 15 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 2000, you're in the year 2000, I was a junior in high school. Okay. Sophomore year, junior year in high school. Young, fat kid. So, but you you grew up in you grew up in North Jersey by us. Now I you're did. out in Pennsylvania, but I did, I did. I, I was born and raised in New York. Well, I split my time from uh, till 18 years old, nine years in New York, nine years in New Jersey, right across the bridge. You graduated from where did you graduate high school? From? I graduated from Fairlawn High yeah. School in New Jersey. No, those why mean, those mean streets of Fairlawn? Mean streets. <laughs> well, it does border Patterson. So. It does. It's I mean, you're there. bumping up. You're bumping it's uglies with uh, the bad parts of New Jersey for sure. Yeah, but well, they're all all those bad parts are concentrated by us. It's yeah. like it's one of those you know other side of the tracks sort of uh, deals. Of course, yeah. I mean, we do a lot of work in Fairlawn. <laughs> I see the other side of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, so you've been in. You've opened your own studio for about a year now right yes august 1st august 1st is actually the anniversary you came to our first class yeah i came to the first class yeah. and i've seen the place flourish did I, you video that i mean he videoed it yeah you videoed oh, it? there's video of why me, didn't yeah. you show me it, well I have why the- do you think i didn't show you <laughs> <laughs> take I, i'll give you three guesses why i didn't show you and the first two don't count <laughs> no i don't have a guess because you're a ball well, buster well, you have start- no respect Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> But uh, what, what I just walk in the middle of here. Uh, yeah, well, well it's going to be that the whole time. He's very sensitive lately because it's hot out. Dude, you should see us I, in the I truck. Hear, all I hear day. him on that one. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm, my look, what I say before, Icelandic Viking, allegedly, from what I could find. And look at me and my brother. Do we look like we're cut up for the hot weather? No. I mean, yeah, I've had a steady headache for like three weeks now, and it's probably from working in the heat. Well, you do. So you. So you have the studio, but you supplement, you have your supplemental income. I have not quit my day job. You have not quit the day job, yeah. which is a seasonal job. Yes. 
So you have somebody running the studio for you now while you're doing this? No, no, no. So uh, my classes are at night. So I'm working my job during the day. Actually, sometimes I'm at the academy first. I have three morning classes during the week. So uh, today, today actually ran a morning class from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30. Got in the car, went to work over here in New Jersey. I got to head back. Uh, I have a class. Well, not a class, open mat tonight. So the academy's open tonight. What's open mat? Like where people just... Yeah, open mat. So there's no class format. Guys just come in and train. Yeah, train. Just mess around really casual. Yeah, really casual. And you live on several acres of property where you have a working farm. Uh, Yes, 4.7 acres. I don't know if I'd call it a working farm. It's a working farm. It's like You're drinking the milk. You're eating the eggs. It's a hobby farm at this point, though. Nah. This guy's... This guy's... uh, It's a a hobby homestead. It's adorable. That's appropriate. Yeah. A hobby it's adorable. is appropriate. I remember when you bought that house, when you left Fairlawn, you bought that house. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, yo, come check out my crib. Bro. <laughs> like, check out what we found for the kids. And I, I remember the property over here. This, this, you know, Fairlawn properties, how they're just, what, yeah, court, yeah. eighth of acres? Driving down the street, and I pull them up on this beautiful property with a 300, 200-year-old house. Yep. Uh, That's the coolest part. 1807, it was built. And it's got it inscribed on like one of the cornerstones. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, two hundred something, two hundred something years old. Like yep. the kitchen with that huge stone fireplace, mm-hmm. where you look at it and you can like literally picture like old colonial women just baking bread and stuff. <laughs> you can see the burn marks in the wood yeah. over the over the stone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's very nice. No, it's awesome out there. But and then you, I remember you were building the studio. We got some boys in there to just really bust ass to get that thing done, and it's beautiful. Thank you. Is so nicely designed. You have like the bags that roll out on the track. The logo's great, but uh, no, I've I, I'm impressed with what you get done in life. You have four children. You're married with four kids. I you definitely impress me. Here's the biggest reason why you impress me because you like you're like kind of a hippie guy. You do like to lay back and maybe puff a little bit, and you do that and get everything done. And I do that on the weekends and play computer games all week. Like, I won't even get out he builds of roller the chair. He's, he's showing me on his iPad. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, at this, look at this roller coaster park that I just built. I'm like, is Dude, I'm a longtime roller coaster tycoon <laughs> fan. I've been playing it since the first one. I love that game. But I can't, I can't, I see you getting so much done. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sit in the grind. And this guy just, I'm impressed. You impress me. Well, thank you. But from my perspective, it kind of just feels like I'm, I'm trudging along on a path that, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it feels different from my perspective, you know? Do you, well, of course. Do you think that that's because of your military background? Because he told me that you were in the military. Yeah. So you, you are disciplined, obviously, one with jujitsu, but... Actually, two. you know what? You said 15, you started jujitsu, so mm-hmm. take us back to 15, so... Yeah, oh, that's, that's actually a good place to start. Like I said, I, I kind of mentioned it... Uh, in passing, but I was a fat 15-year-old. You know, I was very, uh, like, my tendency, my my default is that lazy 15-year-old, you know, who just, like, wants to drink Oreo shakes every night and you know, fast food. That's, that's like, my default. And, I, and to your point about discipline, I had to, like, pick myself up out of that. That, that comes from kind of... Uh, I mean, there's like a little bit of a family history with that, you know. I would say like my environment growing up um, just kind of lent itself to me 
being that way. I mean, and you're, you have faith in the Lord, too. We've talked about that on the show. That was a long path. That's yeah. a whole separate story. We've had a lot of debates about that, which have actually been really interesting. And I wish I had these microphones back then. But, I mean, we both come from the Christian faith. But the way you got there, like, I was born a pastor's kid, but you, not at all. I, 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 I was raised in Catholic school. Yeah. You know, and then eventually went to public school and... Uh, you know, my family's kind of, you know, just like your average family. They right. go to church on Sundays, but yeah. there wasn't really a super solid foundation of faith, I would say. And uh, so I kind of fell out of it in my adolescent years and, you know, young adult years, like most people. Right. I, think, I think it's a pretty common story. Well, And then came back to it later in my adult life. When, yeah. when, when, when it, life punched me in the face. When it know? punches you in the face and then like... I don't know. A lot of people, there may be some truth to like you're born, where you're born is like basically the religion and tradition that you're going to take. Like if you're Arab, you're going to be Muslim. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be, you know, Israel, you're going to be Jewish or whatever. But most people will go back and settle to their roots. It's not saying that there's any, anything like unobjective truth or about it, whatever, but it's, you're going back to your comfort zone. But when you, when you hit it in adult, in adulthood and all that stuff comes back as a kid, and then you start utilizing it, you cl- and you clean up your life, and you maintain a marriage. Like you know, yeah, it, it is what it is at that point. Well, they, you know, there's a, another side to that too, because a lot of times people carry a lot of resentment for what they right. maybe were brought up in. That is very true. You know, and I, I, that was kind of true with me. I think with my when I strayed away from whatever faith I had. Is that what drove you to join the military? Th- what in particular? Just trying to just kind of. No, that, that that was more like me trying to. So, like I said back to where I, where I was fat 15 year old kind of struggling to find like an identity you know you're in your adolescence you're turning right. into a man and it's like okay what's my identity am i just this kid who sits here and plays video games in my basement and is overweight and this and that um and so i, I mean i won't bore you with the details of all you know how i came into mixed martial arts and jujitsu particularly but i got i started watching some tapes i saw some fights you know as a young kid my uh my interest was piqued in these guys using these techniques to subdue stronger bigger guys uh fighting on the mat there was a lot of like mystique around like the gracie family yeah you know you would hear their name in an event and be like they talk about this family who's beating all these guys and i know i didn't know what that was uh, i caught it one day randomly on a like public broadcasting well, my who grandmother's is gracie house. basically the fa- the godfather of this sport right right so there's a family um the godfather would be helio gracie okay? okay and he's before our time so when i was coming into the sport i was watching you know the next generation of gracies fighting so that would be Ho- hoist gracie who most people might know as the first ufc champion the first uh he was a three-time ufc champion he's the son of helio gracie okay okay and helio gracie uh he learned jujitsu from a Japanese master. Yeah, the Japanese master was traveling to Brazil on business. Um, made a, you know, was a business partners with Helio's father, and as part of a business deal, offered to teach jujitsu, the Japanese style of jujitsu, to the two brothers, to Carlos and Helio. Um, and from there, they kind of took it. You know, Brazil is a unique environment. Right. Japan's a lot more traditional. Right, right. Brazil is a lot more rough, rough and tumble yeah, street fights. So they, they had to make it a little more practical. So the jiu-jitsu kind of developed in that route of being street fight savvy, you know, applicable to real life situations. About how many years ago? This was uh, in the twenties. Okay, nineteen twenties. Or that that I think he I think it was early nineteen twenties where the first jiu-jitsu academy was established. If I'm not mistaken. Did you train jiu-jitsu in the military? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You joined so, jiu-jitsu before military? Yeah. So I started training jiu-jitsu when I was 15. Um, started losing some weight. Around the same time, I was having a similar, um, you know, collision course, I guess you could say, with the military. I'd always had an affinity for the military. I used to go visit the Intrepid Museum in, in New yeah. York City. Oh, yeah. Took the pictures. and uh-huh. you know, I was a G.I. Joe maniac, you know, all that, the whole deal. So eventually when I became a, you know, a young man, I started training jiu-jitsu, started kind of feeling good about my, myself, losing some weight. Um, the Marine Corps kind of came back into view. And that became a goal of mine, I would say, seriously, around my junior year of high school. Because from my junior year to my senior year of high school, I actually lost 70 pounds. Wow. Uh, all just on my own. I knew I was going to join the Marine Corps. I would get up at 4.30 in the morning. So, so I, it, this, it's weird because my discipline, in a way, kind of precedes the Marine Corps. Okay. You know, I'd wake myself up at 4.30 in the morning, go on a run, even in the wintertime in New Jersey, you know? Yeah. Uh, come home, shower, get ready for school, go to school, go to jiu-jitsu in the evenings, you know? So oh. I was always kind of like... Damn, bro. You, you know? know what? Let's just wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even like, but, look but at it's, direction. But, but, it's, but it's funny. It's funny <laughs> hearing you say those things about me. I, I, like, I, don't, I don't know if I'm like... I'm like... I'm not as conscious about that, you know? It just kind of feels like... I mean, look, well, we have a couple mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Look, look, you know, look at the general tenor of our mutual friends. You think you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see the point. I see the point. You know. Well, I'm gonna give it to you this way. You've inspired a lot of guys that I know, mm-hmm. and you know, not me yet. But no, I'm just kidding. I, I try, man, because you know, like, it's really. And this is my back to my point. Like, I, you know, I don't see it from my perspective. It doesn't seem that special. And I try to. I try to convey that to people yeah. when i inspire them like listen you don't want it's nothing i'm not doing anything special bro all like, right well let's let's get off the top of patting you on the back because i'm getting kind of bothered by it right now <laughs> <laughs> but, just so people know just so just so you listeners know this is the most i've ever been complimented by, by phil it's true i think yeah, i never want to give you that satisfaction yeah, yeah i know i know i got knows it already i gotta come on your podcast more often man so I know, well, I know a little bit about your military career. You eventually became a drill sergeant. Drill instructor. Drill instructor. Yes, oh, what's I was the difference? The, oh, so I was in the Marine Corps. Oh, oh. The Marine Corps uh, referred to them as drill instructors. The Army, I think, I'm not sure if the Air Force drill sergeants. So the, I think the Marine Corps and the Navy both refer to them as drill instructors. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's a silly little thing that, you know, only people in the service would like okay. understand. How long did you serve? I was in the uh, Marine Corps for eight years, from 2003 to uh, 2011, late 2011. They have minimums, right? You, you're only allowed to serve. Your minimum requirement is four years, right? Right. I, I yeah. I um. So you did yeah, two terms, two, two four-year contracts, right? Nice. While you were in it, I was in it. Where'd I, you go? I would have. I would have been more in it had I not gotten punched in the face, like I said earlier, by life and made some dumb mistakes as a young man. Okay. You know, my intent was to be. I was gung ho, just like you know, I I was gonna be career marine uh retire at 20 years you know or 20 years or beyond you can retire as soon as 20 years did you do that because you felt like university wasn't the path for you to get out uh yeah absolutely i was i was a pretty terrible student yeah you know i wasn't dumb but uh so i I always tell this story like you know we're in english class and we have a book that we're reading for english class i was that kid you know, as we're like in a in a semicircle or something like that, reading everybody's taking turns reading from the book. I have my own book, 
I'm reading something completely separate, maybe like a David Icke or book or something like that, you know? And then it was my turn to read and I put my book down and pick up whatever the class was reading. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it, it just that's just the way I was. I didn't really care too much about, you know, academic achievement or anything like that. Yeah. Where did you, I mean, you served in, in pretty interesting places. Where did you serve? Oh, well, I did one, I, I was actually very fortunate. Uh, compared to most Marines of my generation, yeah. I did one six-month tour in Fallujah, Iraq. Wow. Whereas I would say most of my peers at that time were doing at least two or three really? deployments oh yeah and if you're in the infantry if you're like a grunt which i was and i was a radio technician but if you're in the infantry man two or three deployments was probably on the light end so joining the military with noble intentions seeing that defending the country without scratching too deep how do you feel about the military up uh the state of the military today i mean well so that i mean you touched on it but that that whole uh, um experience actually played a big part in you know my development as an adult and like my development of faith right and you know my awakening to the realities of the world okay you know c coming out of like a naive sort of state and and then realizing you know i played a part in something that was not what i had perceived it to be yeah and that you know that shatters a person you know especially if you having been directly involved in some of the things i was involved in yeah you know nothing, I, and and I'm nothing too crazy. I, I don't have a combat action ribbon, but I was I did serve as a like for, in force protection. So we were outside of the wire, so yeah. to speak, and we did patrols and we were in the villages. I was you know face to face with the locals, saw the kids, mm -hmm. uh, was involved in some operations where you know we the kids are you know, people are in danger and just, it's yeah. No matter how you try to paint it, it's you know it's a very unique situation, let's say. Of course. And uh, so yeah, so from that perspective, uh, then but, you know coming out of that naive phase had a little extra weight for me because of my experiences for sure. When did you you met your wife in the military? I did. Yeah. That was um, two thousand and ten. She's in. <laughs> I hope I got that right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Go home, find out, and then I'll edit this. I won't right. post it until right. I edit it. Sounds good. And I, it'll just be my voice. It sounds good. 2011. Well, no, so <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's interesting because not only did I meet her, th we, so this is like a, something that ties it all together. Not only did I meet her in the Marine Corps, but I was at that time in the Marine Corps, I, I was off the drill field. Um, I had actually gotten a little bit of trouble in the Marine Corps, had to leave the drill field. Um, I was back at, like, you know, the, in the, the Fleet Marine Force, as they say. And I uh, I started a grappling team, a yeah. jiu-jitsu team, okay. on uh, on Miramar, Marine Corps Air Station Miramar in San Diego. Um, she actually happened to be the only female that came to try out for this grappling team. So she made the team automatically. Really? And she was on the grappling team. Um, that's how I first met so her. So she was a diversity hire. Are you saying, yeah, that she's not good <laughs> enough? She was just... <laughs> Affirmative just action. <laughs> so you guys met. I mean, we don't have... I know it's a long history. You were out in Cali. You, yeah, that's yeah. how you. That's how you worked. You were working on farms out in Cali. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, but now you guys are. You're in Pennsylvania, and like I said, you live on this cute little several acre. Pro how many acres? How, how big that's is the property? Four, it's about five acres. Four point seven, acre. including a one acre pond. So you have actually, you have two pigs, and you got one of them, 
I'll tell the story. <laughs> he's been waiting for this. So. He's been I'm waiting, waiting to tell a storage story. Well, 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 it's good because he's part of your marketing scheme, I see. So He's part of my Tinder scheme. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got we were driving around and on impulse buy we bought a little mini pig and we were going to we decided we were going to ride around and that was going to become the uh, face of the company. We were going to make this cool life can for I, him. Can I can I interject on how it came to be? Not if it's going to be cruel. It's not. It's not very sensitive. He's very sensitive lately. I'm telling you the heat. We go to the the exotic pet store on Route 17, and we're walking around just looking at the, at the animals. And there's the section of these little pigs, and most of them are regular. What do you call them? Uh, pot belly pigs. Mm, yeah. And then there's this this Stuart, which is a Juliana pig. Dude. When he's got these beautiful his blue face. eyes and his face, he looks like what's the movie? What's the movie where um Babe? Babe. He comes He like, looks with these blue eyes up at him and Phil is standing over this thing and I'm walking around and he just goes <gasps> He looked at me. <laughs> I did not. He looked at me with those eyes. Talking I need about to being get dramatic and telling stories. Are you kidding me? I need to get him. I was like, no, you can't buy this pig. This pig. He's like eleven hundred dollars. No, no, no. You did not discourage me whatsoever. You In go, the beginning, I did. You go, I don't know. Uh, hold on. Let me whatever tell, you want to do. Let me tell this. If you want to get a pig, you got to get a pig. I can't. You have no place to put this pig. And and he, we get back in the truck. We didn't get anything. We get back in the truck. We, we we're driving away, and the entire time coming back from Route Seventeen, he's like. Should I go get that pig? I need to go get that pig. That pig is, he looked at me in a certain way. I need to go get that pig. And I'm laughing the entire time. I'm like, listen, because I, I don't think he's going to do it. Long story short, we got the pig. You got the pig. We got the mini pig. We got him at what? He was six pounds. Yeah. And then I had him for a little bit. We were driving around with him to jobs. I mean, he fit perfectly. He was six pounds. He loved Maury. Six, seven pounds. My he, dog. He clung to Maury. But then I'm like, I but but I then he ate us out of house and home. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you not, know even, what? not even that. Like he's they're just rambunctious they're not, animals. They're not house pets. I don't care no. what anybody says. There's no such thing as a there's, mini pig. There's, there's no such thing as a mini pig, and there's no such thing as a house such thing yeah. as a house pet pig. He's not he's not like a dog. No, not at all. Because he's he's never ending he, he consumes and I that's kind his of, mindset. In the back of my mind, when I went to get him, I'm like, you know what? My buddy's got a farm. Like the worst thing was he's gonna go live. Uh, of there. course, of course, of course. You <laughs> there did. He is. Let me just drop him off over yeah. there. And but, that was a very sad day too. <laughs> yeah, but well, they, they finally uh, have settled in. I would uh, say. Yeah, we had a little rough time with them at first. Oh yeah. You, <laughs> you know? called it. You called him back. You said, "Listen, we love the pig and everything. He's great for our pig because you only had one pig at the time. Right, right. right. But he he's breaking, breaking out. out and he's causing chaos on the farm. He was causing mayhem." Yeah. And you go, you got to do something. Literally. Otherwise, like, we, we don't know what to do here. He's like this punk rock pig just, like, refuses to bend. We had to, to go authority. back and reinforce the, the fence, remember? Yeah. But you guys got, I mean, so we sent him to live with you on your cute little farm. Let me ask you, let's go back to the, the studio. I remember you were talking about this for, like, a year prior. Like, I don't think I'm going to open a studio, check it out. And you were checking out places. I mean... What was your plan going in? What did you what like did you have did you have like your numbers goals or how you're going to maintain and what 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 was going through your mind when you were just were you, were you just jumping into this idea? So, um I don't know if I would say I was jumping in. I I I was and I wasn't. You know, this this uh opening a jiu-jitsu academy has been 
since I started training yeah. has been something, you know, I was very young, so I, I didn't, it wasn't like I came to jujitsu with a career path right. already planned. It was always something I want, even, even with the Marine Corps, like I said, my plan was to retire after 20 years, have that safety net, that yeah. pension, and then have the freedom to open up academy, you know? So I, in that sense, it, I wasn't just like jumping in. Uh, even the name itself, I have a good friend uh, that I actually, you know, I started training in the Marine Corps jujitsu with. He uh, he runs an academy in um, in Texas right now. I forget the name of the uh, the town where it's at. Huntsville, Huntsville, Texas. Okay. Um, we and me and him originally had thought about opening up an academy, and we came up with the name Crucible Jiu-Jitsu. And for people who don't know the significance of the name Crucible, uh, the culminating event of Marine Corps boot camp is called the Crucible. So. Um, it's a 54-hour training evolution mm-hmm. at, at the like in the last two weeks of boot camp, and the the recruits um, are in 54 hours maybe have about three hours of sleep, you know, like a two MREs or an MRE and a half to to ration out over the three days. I think in the course of 54 hours they they hike something like 48 miles, wow. complete a bunch of different obstacles. Uh, it it ends with like an eight mile uh, march. And then at the end of the the end of the hike, you you know it's at the at the top of a a ri- well in San Diego it's at the top of a ridge, top of a mountain, and there's a ceremony where you get your eagle globe and anchor and you officially become a marine. Okay. So up until that time, you're just referred to as a recruit. You're treated as a recruit. After the crucible for the last week of boot camp, you're referred to as a marine by your drill instructors. They call you marine. Wow. Uh, so it's the culminating event of boot camp, the crucible. Uh, the, cru- the definition of crucible itself is a situation of severe trial in which different elements interact, leading to the creation of something new. Uh, and so, for me, coming from the Marine Corps with you know with my my background in the military, it just set, it just felt apt, and it applies very much to jujitsu and how I you know the benefits I feel like jujitsu gives to the practitioner. Uh, you, you know, you you can watch to the development of somebody from when they come into an academy and they put on a white belt. Uh, and the progression through the belts, I mean, you li- the, the, their, their facial structure literally changes. You know, the people actually change through jujitsu, obviously because of the physical aspect of it. Well, get, in, li- get into why people should ju- do jujitsu. Oh, man, where do you want me to start? <laughs> so, that, well, this, this leads into it. So the physical aspect of it, of course, you're going to lose weight. You're going to get in shape. You know, and so you see that physical transformation in people. You know, I have a few students myself. uh I'm one of the one of the guys who trains with me. He's down maybe about forty pounds. Wow. Uh, I think his wife has lost a, 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 a equal type of amount of, you know, yeah. relationally to her her body weight. She's lost a big amount as well. Um, and so that's just that's just one aspect of it, the physical aspect. But on top of that, you know, just the the the, the confidence it gives you the. Uh, the knowledge, the knowledge of yourself, you know, the knowledge to know it's not, you know, it's not just like your superficial confidence. There's a superficial confidence and then there's a deep confidence where you, where you can back it up. Well, because you know yourself, yeah. you know, you, you've, you've been tested. Jiu-jitsu is not easy. And I think what separates jujitsu and not just jujitsu, but I would put a couple of different martial arts practices in this category of, uh, there's some martial arts that they just practice techniques. They practice forms. And there's some where there's a, a live aspect of training that's incorporated into the practice. 
So jujitsu, and after at the end of every jujitsu class, you're not only practicing techniques and uh, and warming up or doing your exercises, but you actually roll. Yeah, you roll with a lot with live resistance. So it's I mean it's the closest thing to combat you can get. Yeah, it's similar to like boxing where you spar. The the thing is with boxing and Muay Thai and kickboxing, you can't you can't spar every training session. You know, whereas okay. jujitsu, you can go in there every single day, multiple times a day. And spar hard. Gotcha. Right. Would you say it's humbling? Oh, th- yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's a humbling. That's that's experience that's for probably people. like the 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 number one characteristic that slaps most people in the face right. when they go to their first jujitsu class. You might think you're in shape, or, exactly, or in, and yeah, in good physical shape, and then somebody you know turns you into a pretzel, and then you're like, whoop. Oh. Even before that, they realize they're not in shape. We yeah. just run a couple laps around the mat. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I have I had friends that were wrestlers in high school, and I'm in shape. And they're not people that I would mess with because I saw that the stuff that they did with training, because wrestling is involved in jujitsu. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Right, very cl- wrestling. Wrestling is another one of those those arts. Yeah, where it's a different quality to it. And you can see you can see it in a wrestler. So this is a good example. Most people maybe not might not understand the jujitsu analogy, but most people have grown up in high schools where their friends were wrestlers. Yeah, you can usually tell a wrestler just by their physical appearance by the way they carry themselves there's something different very calm yeah oh or if you might not realize right away that he's a wrestler but if they tell you there's a they're a wrestler oh that makes sense you you just you look like in shape you look hardened the neck and and they're just they carry themselves in a certain way they're very sure of themselves quiet and respectful and and they don't they're not like they're not loud and boisterous yeah it's Mm -hmm. they're humble they're humble. They, they seem have humble. To they, me. they have to be humble. Yeah. They have to be humble because if they're not, they're going about to go to practice later that afternoon and get. They, humble. they seem humble or tired. Very tired. Because, <laughs> a little bit of both. Because of both. I remember them having to lose weight in the off season. Yeah, and, and kids spitting into into bottles, spitting and stuff into like bottles, that. going into the sauna. I went into the sauna with a couple of my friends with sweat, you know, sweatpants and sweatshirts yeah. on, and I just I couldn't I couldn't last five minutes, and they're in there for like twenty minutes. Right, right. Sometimes, but. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's extremely humbling, um, you know. And you, just, you get the confidence that you, most of the people who would confront you in an altercation are probably going down, because most people don't know how to fight. And, and not just, yeah, maybe uh, maybe that, that they're going down, but also that they just, that they don't, they don't do what you do. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't. They don't find their true selves it's the way not you worth it. the way you do it right. every night. You know the, the the guys you have to like train with every night are just teaching you about yourself. Yeah. You know they're teaching you about yourself, and you have, you get into a bad position. People get claustrophobic. I mean, it can and you have to learn to work through that. Right. You know, to get better at jujitsu, you have to learn to work through those those uh, uncomfortable situations. Do you see a lot of grown men cry? <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. I wouldn't say cry. <laughs> Maybe want to cry. <laughs> in the Marine Corps, I saw a grown men cry. That was kind of my job as a drill instructor was to make grown men cry. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little freaky, more right? the, 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 the sadistic aspect of being a drill instructor, <laughs> but there was that aspect to it where, uh, you know, it was kind of your job and you kind of got off on that a little yeah. bit. I mean, yeah. of course. Yeah. You know, if you can bust people, you can legally bust people. It's like waiters and wage. Actually, it's not really like it, but the only waiters and waitresses. Of, no, no, no. Waiters <laughs> and waitresses that work in restaurants where they have to abuse the customers. Oh, right. Like, What's uh, 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 man? Like Dick's they get last paid resort? to do that. It's like it's my no, last. You've heard of Dick's Last Resort? That's a famous one. I think that's in yeah, San that's Diego. one. There's Dick. one up in Boston. Um, they got a few all around. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was one in San Diego that I knew about. But it's Dick's- like it's, you're walking out, like you're serving the table. It's like I just told this Karen off, and like <laughs> I, I get paid to do it. Yeah, oh, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. 
I don't like it. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was my it's it it was our job to stress these recruits yeah. out. That's yeah. literally to the max, and especially as a new drill instructor, uh, they call it like your third hat. They call you a kill hat to put it in perspective. You're the ki- your only job, literally, is they to ki- they, and they would say kick stress. You're not you're not <laughs> you're not teaching them about drill. You're not teaching them about the about this. You're just stressing these kids yeah. out as much as you can. That's yeah, that's crazy. All I, day, all day, every day. I mean, how yeah. close does like television and movies get to uh, get to mm. that? Not very, not very close. I mean, there's some good documentaries that you can go out there and kind of see a little more what it's like. Yeah, you know, but like, uh, what you call it? What's the what's the big one? Full Metal Jacket, yeah. right? Arlie Ermy. Mm-hmm. That's more of like. Uh, that's uh, early though. That's it's that's, early. Yeah, that's that's, early. but it, but it's it's almost like a comedy take on it. You know, like the stuff he says. You know, like the stuff he says to the yeah, recruits. Yeah, yeah. It's just like 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 one liners. Yeah. You know, whereas uh, we we're kind of more like like demons you know we run around screaming like banshees and just like that kind of stress not like i'm gonna make fun of you with a joke yeah yeah, i got you yeah i'm gonna scream in your ear and and make you like shake and you know yeah what was that project that they that in california what was that movie where they did a project on back in the 70s prison the prison project starts with an s i can't remember but they, scared straight no Stan- no this is like the stanford oh, stanford, Stan- yeah, stanford yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah when you give you give somebody a little bit of power yeah, and little, they just yeah. they, they, they take completely off with take it. off overboard yeah. when they have yeah and that's so. scary stuff uh, l- let me get back to the jujitsu studio again what are the benefits of course there's benefits but sell people on getting their kids involved in jujitsu yeah. and I- fighting and stuff like that yeah i mean um so the benefits that apply to adults, I would just say only amplified yeah. because it's, you know, these you, kids are sponges. At yeah, that they're point. sponges, and you're just setting a foundation. Yeah. And like for me, you know, I started when I was 15, and and every everybody, this is common across the board. Everybody who trains jujitsu, who gets into jujitsu, they always say, "I wish I would have started earlier." Yeah. Man, if my parents would have put me in this as a yeah. kid, you know, because because they just they look at like wasted time where they they kind of wallowed in this space of like not maybe not knowing themselves or engaging in a practice that was so fulfilling yeah right and that, that and i mean you teach kids you I see teach kids. you see the change i teach my own months. kids you, yeah. yeah you kids i mean your kids have been but fighting almost all their lives right These kids yeah. look like little conans yeah little, yeah. Conan <laughs> little barbarians 100 percent. yeah yeah it, it, it's a balance you know because I, I i want and the thing with kids too and I, i've kind of come to learn this now over the first year of my academy and I'm, I'm, I have to find a way to communicate to parents the correct uh, expectations to have with their kids. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already starting to notice you know, parents bring their kids and they want to see this like technical progress from their kids right. over the course of a few months. And it's like, listen, that's, that's really not even the goal at this <laughs> right. point some academies that's the goal some academies are very competition driven right. and you know some of the best cream for the crop will travel to go to these big academies yeah. the, the best kids in the country but that's not my goal with these kids my goal with these kids is to get them into a lifelong hobby that they can love and that they can pull you know the, the more uh foundational aspects of you know like that physical that physical that dedication to being physically fit right yeah. that dedication to, to maintaining a sense of humility and respect teaching you know? them something a Even little bit so about discipline. themselves i mean your kids are you have you got it, it, it your kids 
you can see that they train in something that gives them discipline. I mean, you got great kids, and you've you've trained a couple of our mutual friends' kids, and you've seen the growth. In oh yeah, jewels. Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, she's, that, she's she's doing great. Yeah, I mean, I see pictures of her and just killing she's, it, dude. She's the best, you know. But that's and that's what most kids in our society they lack any sort of discipline, any sort of anything in life. But this is but this is to my point where I have to communicate to the parents because I, I'm noticing that it. The parents let their kids, they'll pull their kids out or they'll just stop. You know, the kids can't drive themselves to yeah. jiu-jitsu. So it, it really, they really do depend on the parents to to kind of have that discipline for them. Right. Right. And and I have to transmit to them that like, hey, the kids need that. The yeah. kids need you to support them on this journey. And you need to give, you need to give them time. You need to have patience with them. Uh, you know, you need, you need to encourage them to love the sport so that they stick with it. Yep. You know, it's not the technical progress. The parents have for. to have dedication just as much as the kids. Yeah, well, if you know, yeah, I, I would say more so you know, in a lot of cases. Now kids, now kids, parents will pull their kids out of, of a sport just because they say they don't like it or they'll pull them out of something that might be a little bit too difficult for them, but a sport like this. Or just inconvenience. Or just inconvenience, a lot of, There's a lot of yeah. inconvenience. Oh, you know, it's like it's 15 minutes away. Right. Uh, like, I get yeah. it, but... You, you know, um, I mean, listen, and you know, it's it's not obviously not every not for everybody. Not every parent wants to, you know, but for those that come in there for the right reasons, and then sometimes they they leave prematurely, or they you know they they kind of drop off for the the wrong reasons. They they might have had the wrong expectations. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I wanted to see this technical progress yeah. from their kids. And meanwhile, it's building a whole bunch of other stuff. It's building a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and on top of that, they, this, a lot of times the parents, if they don't train themselves, they don't realize how hard it is oh, to yeah. make technical yeah. progress. You yeah. know, I tell them, I say, why you should come in to see the adults yeah. and see the, how hard it is for the adults to pick this stuff right, up. Right. You know, like this is not easy. Yep. You know, we're not, I'm not just showing them like, you know. You're also not necessarily, your point is you're not training them to become professional fighters you're right. training them you're giving them a purpose you're giving them a like you said a solid foundation yeah you people come into the, with the expectation oh my kid might be a famous you right, know right, athlete right, right, right. there's nothing you know? to do with that it's like with with i mean i played soccer so you know every parent's expectation is for their kid to become maybe not a professional athlete but to go to college on scholarships mm -hmm. and stuff like that and it's like you, you we're teaching your kids you know some sort of foundation here it's not necessarily about becoming the best at right. this it's becoming the best of yourself yeah and giving them structure yeah you know, giving them structure giving them um yeah you know stability well especially in your sport you probably have kids that come from harder backgrounds right i mean i, I think that kind of depends on where your academy is situated oh, yeah. that would be you know um i mean there's some academies in la i'm yeah. sure that's not the case <laughs> yeah of course uh, well, yeah, we I, you know we live in a, a nice small kind of like blue collar town um i mean it's it's close enough to the city. You know, we're in a spot in Pennsylvania where we do get a lot of the city. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. You that's get, good. Well, you know, yeah, good. for sure. For sure. For business. And it's a growing area. Yeah. I mean, and so actually, to, to rewind, I think your original question asked me about my plan coming into this business and what was my plan. Yeah. That's kind of how we got on this whole tangent. Um, so I, I did write a business plan. I do have a business plan for did the business. Did you? I did. Yeah, I never so seen you're not winging it? No. I thought you had seen it. No, I'm not winging it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. winging it. Dude, I love to go back and forth with that. Yeah, and, 100%. You know. Anyway, continue. Um, so I, I came in with a business plan, and, and you know, in my business plan, um, I, I spoke about the prospects of that area, 
Uh, it is. I did mention that it's in an area where that's growing. Yeah. Especially since the pandemic, right? A lot of people, you know, the exodus from the yeah. the, the metropolitan areas. Oh yeah. In, into you know, and the kind of the the romanticization of that sort of right. Uh, uh, what do you call it? You know what I'm trying to say. Out in the rural country. The, the rural. I was looking for the rural. The rural uh, lifestyle out in you know a couple acres of land. Yeah. yeah. Some chickens. A few goats. <laughs> pig pig. two pigs a pig or two two pigs and some ducks that we brought over no you guys Uh, poor ducks you guys are uh you guys have built a a really cool thing over there and just a little just a little nuances of that studio with with the with the chess table outside and the way you have the benches situated like it's very it's very it's it's you and your wife it's very much you and your wife it was that's conscious i made a very conscious effort to make that academy my own and to kind of imbue it imbue it with like the same spirit that i approach life with so i have a lot very few jujitsu academies you walk into will have a library or a bookshelf you know and i I, that's a big part of my life i love to read i i put a big value on reading you know there's a sign above the the bookshelf that uh one of my favorite quotes uh thucydides it's attributed to thucydides i believe it's correct um, the society that separates its scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Yeah. I take that to deep. heart. I'll take that to heart. Deep, you know, especially bro. coming from a very wow. deep, bro. <laughs> no, I, you need, guys... I need to go home and do some thinking. <laughs> That's what that feels like. No, you guys are doing you guys are doing great over here, and you're not going to hear this from me again. But I'm very proud of you. Thank you, sir. So now, from here <laughs> on out, I'm just going to bust I, your chops. I, luckily for me, we have that recorded. <laughs> Somebody make it <laughs> stop for goes. posterity. Yes. So this is what we're going to take a quick break. All right, we're going to relax, gather our thoughts, come back, BS a little bit more, and just kind of talk about uh, who knows what. But we'll see you in a little bit. said what i just was saying i like to think that i'm about uh at 50 percent of my library at home when i look at my bookshelf about every other book i could say i've read is it a goal for you or do you act like are you like it's you look at it you're like i want to i want to finish my bookshelf or you're like i just really like learning so are you, are you looking at my book collection and judging it no no not at all because I know my brother. My brother, if he, if the, if a shelf like this is in front of him and he hasn't read any of these books, his goal is to finish these books and he'll finish that goal. But he's not. Gonna he'll be, write an itinerary out. Yeah, and everything. he's not oh, like. See, I'm not. I, I would love to finish. I definitely. I, I bought all the books on my shelf to read them. Yeah. But I just buy books I saw, faster than I can yeah, read them. <laughs> I saw a meme where it's like this guy buys a book. And he puts it up next to the shelf, and he and it's like, I'll read you next, next to all the other books that you haven't read yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I do, I, I, so I do make an effort every once in a while to like look at them and okay, I have, I have to knock yeah. this this section out, you know. 
Well, but. we're back, boys. We're back. Freshly quaffed, ready to talk. We're back with Jesse Cruz from J- Crucible Jiu-Jitsu Studio in Marshall's Creek. Oh, you know what I wrote in parentheses here? Crucible Martial Arts. Did we talk about why? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah so, that, But that kind of ties into like the business plan. Um, I, I, so I registered as both Crucible Martial Arts and Crucible Jiu-Jitsu because in my business plan, I, I, have, I have growth written in. You want to be able to branch out. I want to be able to, you know, in, in the chance that I branch out, I, you know, in the Marine Corps, I actually trained uh, some amateur mixed martial artists. So we had, and we worked with guys on the Marine Corps boxing team, the Marine Corps wrestling team. Um, you know, so I've done more than just jujitsu. I've done Muay Thai. Yeah. Trained with a few guys in Muay Thai. I actually teach a striking class. That's basic, basic. I don't call it Muay Thai. I call it striking. Okay. You know, just for general, but I'm, I'm basically teaching them Muay Thai. All right. You know, um, so yeah, eventually, I have, you know, my plan is not to just stay where I'm at. I, ha- I do have plans to expand and you know take this where it may go and that may go to something beyond just jujitsu so i i i uh i did that preemptively and gave myself what do you mean something beyond jujitsu like like mixed martial arts you know so you know a gym that maybe that's like 50 percent jujitsu something that's big enough to house a jujitsu program an official muay thai program maybe a boxing gym you know all of that fitness well all that's gonna everything i mean so branding's got to be a big point of your business plan right then Huge on branding, yeah. Oh, I, and I think I, like you kind of touched on that with like the design of the academy, yeah. right? And kind of like the theme I have going. The, so the crucible, I, I kind of you know went off of the crucible theme, where you know the the pursuit of jujitsu is part of a whole of to develop your character in right. general. You know that's why I, I include the chessboard, right? Yeah. There's kind of like more of like symbols for okay, we're not just training our body, we're training our mind. We have books here, we're training our spirit. You know, there's a there's a big spiritual aspect to the logo. Um, I, I never, I, obviously, it's it's like explicitly religious, right? Because yeah. it's a it's you got a the cross, cross, of course. But I, that's how do I put this? It's not necessarily it's. Um, it's like intention to be uh, maybe like evangelical, you know. You would think I'm not. I'm not like using it to try to push a religion. No, but right? it's you. But it's, it's but it's represent. So uh, it's representative of the, that bigger theme of that crucible theme. Being Listen, a better version of yourself. Think, you think? Yeah. Well, we, and, well, going a, a, a process that transforms you, a process of suffering where you come out the back end something new. And something revivified or something redeemed, right? Nice. And so it kind of plays into that that whole. That's that's my approach to jujitsu, right? So it's deeper than that. It's, it's I'm trying to I'm trying to portray what my my philosophy behind uh, the practice of jujitsu and the, now the teaching of jujitsu to others. I'm I'm not just trying to teach you a set of techniques so you can go out there and be a badass, right. you know, in, in Hoboken on Saturday <laughs> nights or something like that. I'm I'm trying to make better people. Just give me a couple of drinks, I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, you need some training. I know you no. wanted to to do some Muay Thai. I, I got <laughs> We got it. I'm gonna He's hold been, you to that. I do because I wanna. I like. I used to play soccer, and I still play soccer in like men's leagues and stuff like that. But my injuries kind of catch up to me. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of harshness on your body. Yeah, yeah. And like, I come out the next day, and I just feel like I got hit by a bus the next day. And I, not that jujitsu is easier, but I feel like it's. And I, I'm probably not saying this right. 
not that it's less stressful on your body, but it's less like impactful on my joints. No, hundred percent. So right? I, actually, when I was in the Marine Corps, I had issues with my knees. Yeah, and I was on light duty because I couldn't run three yep. miles. Yep, I couldn't go out there and run three miles, but I would go train jujitsu. And I had some, you know, some higher ups who didn't understand. They were kind of questioned. They're like, oh, "Are you like, you know, uh, are you a malingerer? You know, are you a, and I'm just like, listen, you don't understand." My knees can't handle running on a pavement or anywhere yeah. for three miles. That's how I feel now. I used to but I can train jujitsu. I can get the blood flow and I can yeah. stretch. I, you know, it's different. It's a different kind of action. Yeah. And uh, no, man. You, yeah, you, you know, I, I should. I'm gonna keep holding you to that. <laughs> I don't know. You, uh, you yeah. live right down the street. It's right there. You know, yeah. there's no excuses, the, man. It's the place a, over here in uh, Fairlawn, right? Well, there's a jujitsu place in Fairlawn. Uh, if that's the route you wanted to go, and there's a Muay Thai place in Fairlawn. Muay as well. Thai place. Yeah. 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 I know you had s said you wanted to do Muay Thai. Yeah. And that, that's that's cool too. That's just a great workout. That's that's that's, kind of that's it too. Like it's just it's just a great hobby to get into. That the benefits. I mean, it's so obvious to put discipline in your life where you don't have discipline and all this stuff. Okay, okay finish your thought. But I'm already I already have the answer to that. Nobody has. So here's my. I'm just going to answer you preemptively. <laughs> Nobody ever has the answer. Yeah, but I really don't have the answer. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I know you really don't. It's funny. My we, situation's different. We train. We trained last night, and last night we actually. I you know. We're a new academy. I have pretty much all beginners, so it's a unique kind of experience. I have to bring everybody up from like ground zero with their jujitsu. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes, like, I'll go through life and like I'll 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 be in a convenience store and there's some stupid altercation up at the cash register, and I realize like I get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, like I really have no recourse. He like I'll throw maybe a, I'll I have brute strength and like I'm a big dude, but that only goes so far. I yeah. literally have no stamina. Yeah. Listen, somebody taps you on the like. Somebody taps you on the chin. If you don't know how to take that, if you're not if you're not trained in that, if you're not experienced, you're going down. And well, it doesn't yeah, have just, to be a hard tap. It can be a very light tap, and that is it. It knocks your brain. My father was a fighter. Or, or more than that, if you just like don't have that experience, you ever be in taps touch. Me, I'll go down. <laughs> no, yeah, not what I mean. He's I mean, saying you have a glass jaw. No, no. <laughs> I mean, listen. There's like if you can just like lightly knock yourself on the chin. And my father always told me because like I said, my father was a fighter, and he goes. If you, if you, the, the chin shocks the brain. Oh yeah. You oh, yeah. can be, you can be this badass. You can think that you're the toughest guy in the world. If somebody hits you on the chin, even with a little bit of force, it's knocking your brain and your lights are out. You know? so, so more, more than that, even to get uh, more specific with it, it's not that it might like knock you out or, or you, may, you know, knock you unconscious. If you're not used to, or if you've never felt that before, yeah. just what it does to you psychologically yeah. is even more so uh you know of effect yeah. because I, I actually have a story with this pretty recently okay where you know there was a guy kind of had a big mouth very big ego yeah you know we ended up actually sparring um and i i caught him with one straight right to the jaw yeah okay and i i didn't we were just sparring so i didn't knock this guy out but his reaction to it, he, he it was so clear. He had Boy. never been touched like that in his life. <laughs> like he, he, you know, he grabbed at his face. And this yeah. is what happened. If you've never, the first time you've ever sparred, if you ever get hit, you just like. It was almost like, like it was lucky he was in a controlled situation. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Where there's people around. 
Yeah. Uh, but just to, to see to see that reaction, you can see it in the eyes. You can see the body language. Made you like feel that, good, huh? to, Well, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, come on. <laughs> That's right. Don't I come mean, out of my really, studio to challenge not, me. Not, that was a not, long no, time coming. Not, not, I mean, listen. And one on one level, maybe because of the the, the ego of the guy. <laughs> but in the in in the moment, actually, no, it didn't make me feel good. I was felt very dissatisfied. Was yeah. like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't take one like that. Was, like that like was I set nothing. aside like an hour for this. I yeah. drove all the way down. Here. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was. So yeah, most uh, of the population has no idea what to do if an altercation had. Like if someone comes out, that Mike, the famous Mike Tyson quote: "Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face." Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, um, yeah. Or the same thing with jujitsu. Ju it's like everybody has a plan until they get taken to the ground. Yeah, and then they're like, you know, uh, another famous jujitsu quote is, you know, I, the ground is my ocean. I am the shark, and most people don't even know how to swim. Yeah, and that's really what it's like. Well, you, know? you see, you see videos of like a dude on another dude having pinned down, just punching him in the face. Like that guy on the ground has no recourse if he no, doesn't know how to get no. out of it. There's, there's a famous video of, uh, of most people are familiar. I don't know if they're not. Uh, former UFC fighter Matt Serra. He's a Henzo Gracie black belt. Uh, you know, he's an OG in the game. He fought. He beat GSP famously. Yeah. For the title uh, years back, um, there's a famous video. He was in Vegas. And he got into an altercation at a restaurant. You can YouTube it. Matt Sarah altercation with a, with a drunk guy or something like that. And he's holding this guy down in the middle of the floor of the restaurant. He has him by his two wrists like a kid. Yeah. You know, and this kid is like, this guy is trying to fight back. And, he, and he's holding his wrist. He's saying, come on, come on, guy, calm down, <laughs> yeah. calm down. Just like, they, just playing with this guy. Well, that's what it is. Like, you, you can be as strong as you that's want. There's a different type of... There's a different type of strength when it comes to fighters specifically. Like that's why I would never mess with my wrestler friends cuz I like I said I was strong and in shape and everything like that but like you can blink your eyes and your friends my friends who are wrestlers could, you know, turn you into a pretzel and you like you don't know where you are. You can be in such great shape and and it doesn't matter. You know, like you see jujitsu has taken this world by storm in the last few years. Oh yeah. And, we can and, talk about that as well. Yeah, everybody's everybody seems like they're doing jujitsu, and you know somebody said like if you see a guy out at the bar and you get in because people get into confrontations, but if you see that the guy's got cauliflower ear, walk away because <laughs> yeah. that that guy knows how to fight. Don't just buy him a drink and go <laughs> walk away. Why yeah. is jujitsu blowing up? Uh, well, besides for, Zuckerberg aside. We, yeah, we, there's a lot of different like influencers. Who's uh, the other one, the big one right now? Um, guy who played... Uh, I think Zuckerberg was the no, big no, one. No. Yeah, Zuckerberg's a big one. Man, I'm, 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 my his name is escaping me right now. The creator big movie Facebook star, big movie it. star. I'm trying to think of a role we played with, but I'm not really a movie guy. Yeah. The only movie I really watch is like The Big Lebowski, you know? <laughs> so I, I'm not good at like pulling stuff off the top It really of is. It, it'll only, come to me. It is the only movie you ever Tom watched. Hardy. Oh Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy! Oh, he's doing jujitsu. Yeah, now? he's he's actually doing really. He's like a blue belt. He's uh, he's making a lot of waves because he's winning tournaments. Really, like, like you well, have a lot jacked. of you have a lot of celebrities that kind of train jujitsu on the low, but not very many that go out there and then are winning tournaments and you know stuff like that. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty started, crazy. I didn't know that. That yeah, started oh, yeah, with him in the Warrior, the movie, the movie with him and it's two brothers that are. Oh right, you, right. He played a fighter. Yeah, and he was a marine, and he was a fighter, and that's actually based out of Jersey. They're based out of Jersey. They went their, their tournament that they they fought in. The two brothers fought in was uh, in Atlantic City. Oh, how about that? I yeah. haven't seen that movie. But no, you yeah. I, I, and what, what other big roles does Tom Hardy play? Either way, there's a lot of celebrities, things like that, that are kind of spurning, uh, you know, 
interest and it's spurring interest in the sport. Do you think it's too much though? Because I think UFC like too trendy. not not necessarily well trendy, but you're getting your it attracts would, a certain type of person too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you and always you, have that in jujitsu. You oh you even even when it wasn't popular the way it is now, you always had that aspect of because of the nature of it. You know, it's fighting and it's associated with fighting. You always had those you know those characters who would kind of come in and out. I would say now more than anything, there's that so just like and just like every industry, there's that social media effect. Where you have like these social media characters, so that's another aspect of the growth of the sport. Obviously, is social media, right? Yeah, and and the uh, the sport itself is is blowing up. So you have UFC now getting behind, uh, uh, specifically jujitsu and grappling events. Yeah. So more than just throwing on mixed martial arts fights that that kind of put jujitsu in on display through the fighting, they're doing. Uh, actual jujitsu tournaments and they're putting out like UFC fight pass there's a, a tournament called the UFC fight pass invitational and they bring a lot of the biggest names the biggest name in grappling right now is a guy named Gordon Ryan he's a New Jersey guy too yeah uh, he trains with um, Tom DeBlas Ocean County uh, jiu-jitsu down south in South Jer- uh, Jersey I just um, feel like it's breeding a lot of not that it's breeding a lot of I think like, I, like what I said before you're getting a lot of these guys that are I don't know if they're disrespecting the sport or if they just feel disrespectful out in public. Like, I remember watching, I did watch a, an episode of The Ultimate Fighter with my friends, and Dana White kicked two couple guys off the show, and he goes, you're the reason why this sport gets such a bad rap. Do you think it's getting, getting it, because it's becoming so popular, it's getting a good name, but it's also getting a bad name. You get the good with the bad. Uh, oh, like you know? in everything. Like yeah. in everything, you know, you have, you have to take the good with the bad. That's, it's... What the yeah. heck is that theme song? You take the good, you take the bad. You, uh, uh, the the facts of life, man. facts of life, baby. That's all I could think of while you were talking. <laughs> yeah, Trudy, it's, it's, that, yeah, that's just the way it's going to be with everything, especially as the, the sport expands. Like you know, as a as a business, yeah, right. The, these fighters are now uh, making money off of their matches. Uh, it's become that kind of a sport. Yeah. Where back in the day, I mean, like there was no money in it. There was no. I, I mean. Even to own an academy, to make money from an academy, you probably had to be so like there's a, no interest. I don't. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I wasn't in the business at that time, so I, I can't really call it. I mean, it just wasn't known. There just wasn't any notoriety. It was just getting off its feet. Like you have to know about something in yeah. order to. So it's very underground. Like when I got in jiu-jitsu, you know, I had to find it. Uh, my my local uh, yellow pages. I found an academy. There was very few academies in the area. There was Henzo Gracie in New York City, and there was a couple academies in North Jersey. I just happened to be living in Fairlawn, close to the spot that was in Emerson at the time. Now okay. it's in, now it's in Fairlawn. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, there in, in you talking about two thousand two thousand and one. That was it, yeah. you know. And only now, over the past two decades, has Hen, like guys like Henzo Gracie has produced a. a a huge number of black belts that have then now expanded and created academies. So it, it, that's part of it is that it actually took time to permeate throughout to where it was even accessible to most people. Yeah. It wasn't even accessible to most yeah. people back in the day. That's a, that's, that's crazy how that just kind of grew like that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like exponential. It's, it's at a this cool, point. it's, it's just a cool way of like organically spreading that sport. Yeah, well, it's almost like literally exponential, right? Because for every black belt that Henzo creates or that, you know, that my instructor creates, he gets now, a percentage. Well, no, that, there, is, there, is that, there is that aspect of the business as I'm well. People, you know, but those black belts then go and create 
more black belts. Yeah, they, oh, share, right. they share the knowledge. Well, listen, 100%. that's what we bring in techs to train them and make them good plumbers, <laughs> and then we send them out to be good techs and good business owners. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know? Ideally, I, but the business is hard, man. It's like, you know, then th that's, that's something we could touch on. It's like there's that aspect in jujitsu where just because you're good at jujitsu is unique, right? It's not plumbing, it's not like a technical. I mean, it's technical, yeah. obviously, but, uh, you know, just because you're a black belt in jujitsu doesn't mean you're a good candidate to run an academy right. or to own a business. You know, those are two separate oh, things. Oh, dude, without a doubt, we have, you, just because you're a phenomenal mechanic doesn't mean you should be opening your own plumbing company. Right. You have talented, talented workers and technicians that can, they can put in beautiful boilers that troubleshoot, know all that stuff, just have that mindset. Don't know business. Horrible business. Yeah. And that's why the plumbing test to get your license has eventually added business courses. Right, because you have to do that. Like they were, they were just licensing guys, and it, the, you know, the industry was kind of collapsing in on itself at some point. Yeah. So. Well, that's not part of getting your black belt in jujitsu, but but there there should be an aspect of learning how to teach to be, to become a black belt. Right. right? Yeah. You, you have to you have to learn how to transmit the knowledge. Um, that's also something that you know we talk about the benefits of jujitsu, the social aspect, learning how to deal with people. Yeah. Right. It's 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 by nature it's very intimate sport. It's a very intimate intimate environment where you ha you're literally, you know, chest to chest with people on a nightly basis. You know, uh, and have, have, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, that's, have you seen that meme of that that girl crying when she got out of the job interview because the job interviewer wouldn't accept her excuse for time blindness and not and having oh, a hard time to. Geez. I haven't. It's not a meme. It's a. Like it's a, like a video. It's like a short, Everyone's critique. Well, this. This, she's like early 20s. She must be fresh out of college and she goes to apply for a job. She's like, listen, I have an issue with time blindness. She can't wake up past and 9 o'clock. I, you know, I have an issue being on time. How are you going to accommodate for that? <laughs> it's like, what? But it, those are the types of people that should be thrown into a jujitsu class and get their butt kicked <laughs> or and like the realize military. the real, or go into the military. Right, right. Listen, I look at the military right now and I'm, it's insane, dude. Like, oh, what know. is going on with, with the military, with these generals and the politics of the military? The standard drop. Do, do you still encourage, tell people? No, no, I was, I was actually going to say, that's funny you mentioned that. Um, there's, like, some st statistics. You know, look, the Army and the Marine Corps are missing their recruitment goals by a yeah. lot. Yeah. And that's, that's that. well known. Well, they've but dropped part, a lot of requirements for it, too, right? Yeah, that's part, part, part of the reason is that our... Our young people are just not physically fit enough to be in the in, in the armed services. They can't meet the minimum standards. You know that's part of it. Another part of it, uh, and part of these statistics show that most of the military would come from you know uh, families who were heavy in the military. Yeah. If, you, if your dad was a veteran, yeah, most likely you joined the military. And now veterans are actively uh, you know discouraging their their mm -hmm. kids and That's their children crazy. from joining the military yeah. so so they're losing recruitment from that demographic as well because it's just not the same military I these saw people a video served in. of a guy he, he had a metal plate and there was a screw in the metal plate and it's like what it's like being in the military and the screws in the metal plate he unscrewed the screw all right covered up the the hole in the metal plate with new sheet metal all right welded it together screwed a new hole back in, put the, the screw back in the hole, and he goes, that's what it's like being in the military. He's just <laughs> screwing and unscrewing, covering the hole, screwing, unscrewing. It sucks, I mean, man. I don't know what I, it's like, but... Like, I, I, every kid grew up with G.I. Joe. You kidding me? Like, I, I love G.I. Joe. Uh, all, those, all those cartoons 
and you want to get in and save the country. And then, like, when you become an adult and you step... Listen, I'm sure it's always been like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's how... At least in the last 120 years with our military, it's just been super politicized and just making... Fighting wars for the rich to perpetuate their wealth. But kids grow up with those dreams and then you get there. And it's just... It's so disheartening to realize that our defense system is in such shambles. So politicized... At this point, where like, how do you even salvage something like that? War you know? is glorified. That's war is war used to be glorified. Like being a fighter used to be glorified. Yeah, I wouldn't and, say war was glorified. No, no, but being, no. being a warrior. A, being was. a warrior was glorified. This is because my father was in the military and and he was a fighter in the military. And he goes, it was a glorified thing. That's why he became a fighter. He in his head, first of all, you're a young man. You got a lot of testosterone. You're like, I want to fight, and yeah. I want to fight for my country. And after his service, he came out, and I wanted to serve in the military here. And and he goes, "It's not. Don't do it. It's not what you think it is." Don't do it. Right. So you know, it's funny. Jujitsu kind of like helps like fill that gap too yeah. a little bit because it's uh like the conquering spirit that men exactly. generally have. Like, like the the that avenue of it's another avenue to be a warrior to yeah. fulfill yeah. that warrior spirit. And and that's you know kind of leads back to like I said with the quote of you know. Uh, society that separates its scholars from its warriors. So if we don't if we don't cultivate that warrior spirit enough, especially yeah. in our young men, we're gonna you know weak men create hard times. Yeah. Right, hard times you know create strong. What are the what are the type of guys you look up to in any aspect? Doesn't have to be particularly jujitsu, but like I know you're a huge reader. Yep, yep. You're a smart guy. I'll give you that too. Today, <laughs> today, and today only. Stop. <laughs> Uh, I, I always knew you felt this way about me, Phil, you know? I hint, see the I, way that they're looking I, at I, each I, other. <laughs> the two of them. Because <laughs> I look at this guy, light-skinned Puerto Rican with these piercing blue eyes, <laughs> military experience. I, hey, you, you guys should have got the video up and going for this one. You would have got plenty of hits, you know? <laughs> okay, now Man, we're pushing I have, to, I, have to, I have to come back when you get the video going. <laughs> You're going to lose about 20 pounds, too. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-oh. This, this is the humility. I need this. <laughs> oh, man, this is a, a real-life example of humility. Yeah. Just, this is me telling you. you that. Isn't that terrible? I, I'm... I needed to lose probably thirty pounds. I'm ten pounds down from. I where? almost said thirty. <laughs> no, twenty's right. Twenty's right. Twenty's right. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get like you're... more like eighteen. By eighteen, I know where my goal is. I know where I'm at. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm well, that okay. Hold on. Before you even ask your question, I'm sorry to interrupt, right, but like good. he knows, you. He said twenty pounds. He's rounded it out. You know, eighteen. Like in your head, that's your. I think that's how. Not dedicated. Dedicated is not the right word, but you're like very aware. Aware. Well, jujitsu down gives to you the that. number. Jujitsu gives. I'll bring everything back to jujitsu. Yeah, that's another benefit. You know, at the beginning of the podcast, and then you ask like, why should people train jujitsu? I think over the course of the podcast, we've kind of touched on a lot of different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Another big reason is uh, jujitsu puts you in touch with your body. You know, it's you, there's a, that's another. Uh, I guess you could say blind spot or a weakness of our today's society. You know, a lot of unhealthiness going on just in general you know america specifically is one of the 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 biggest you know biggest pharmaceutical industry and everything uh, is treated with a drug everything's treated with a drug nobody's in touch with their body they don't even understand they just uh, doctor what what pill do i take instead of instead of what do i have to do to my body 
What so behaviors can, do I have to change? What behaviors do I have to change? What habits do I have to make? You know, what what is my ideal weight? Where do I have to be to feel my best? Yeah. And it, you know, jujitsu puts you in touch. You know when you don't feel your best. Yep. You know when your body's not reacting the way it should be. You're a little more sluggish. You're not you know as quick as you, you should be. And so, and then yeah. you start to you start to see those patterns. Okay, eighteen why pounds. I, I felt my best when I was at this specific weight, yeah. and I need that's where I need to get. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, I've, I've, I had a knee surgery in February, not as an excuse, because, you know, we don't make those around these parts. It's all right. It's all right. But, <laughs> Continue. Uh, I had a knee surgery in February. Uh, I just, I'm coming off a, a torn labrum, about four weeks into recovery for a torn labrum in my left shoulder. I, I, man, uh, 23 years of jiu-jitsu, eight years in the Marine Corps will take a toll on your body. You know, that's, that's one thing. I, I'm, I'm going through that, that stage in my life where I've trained hard, very hard for oh, dude, so you're, many years. You're not 40 yet, right? I'm not even 40, bro. I'm it's not about your age. I'm it 37, is, but I've put a lot of miles. You don't no, take exactly. Miles. It's, it's about, about the miles. miles. Yes. It's about, it's about how many miles. Listen to the 28-year-old. It's Okay, but I, you, how many times do <laughs> you see me How many times you see me coming to work limping? A lot. And you, exactly. Because you're and, crap, baby. <laughs> no. It's the miles. It's no, the it's, miles. Listen, I, 20 years of jujitsu is about right for when you should see some major things breaking down, you know? Like yeah. my back, over the past few years, my back is starting to broke down. I have two herniated discs, one in my neck and my lower back. Um, you know, like I said, I just had my second meniscus repair on my right knee. And, you know, these things, and now it's just kind of like a matter of course. I kind of just have to roll with the punches and, you know, try to do my best. I, uh, I opened the academy, and it's been a bit of a challenge. I've opened this academy. I have these, these brand new students. And half of the time, I've been out with injury. You know, so I have. To, I'm, I'm very. Do you have any teachers that no, work? I'm no, it's just one. you. Me and my wife. My wife. My wife helps me. I'm always a purple belt, and she uh, she helps me out what she can. But you know, she's very busy too. So it's like yeah. if I'm not teaching, she's with the kids. You know, we have the kids running around the academy. Is that a goal of yours to hire? And you guys? homeschool your kids. Oh uh, yeah. She does the bulk of that as well. Yeah. You know, but we do four homeschool kid, our four kids. Four kids homeschooled. Four kids homeschooled. And I hear that's probably the smart decision out where you're at because we've seen some of the literature that comes out of the school system. Listen, that's the smart decision where everybody's at. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, you know, it's, we, I, it's we, like we, we we've had a couple uh, instances where we can go on real tangents <laughs> yeah. on the political scene, yeah. but th I mean, this is one of them. I, I mean, yeah, don't get me started on the school system in this country. I think. Uh, you know, Par just, parents should be plugging into their public school system if their kids are still there, for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. If you're, I if think you, if most you, if, parents are disconnected. Right, 100%. They're just kind of business as usual, get them to school. Yes. You know? well, I, mean, just, that's, it, I think it's part of the tragedy of it is that that's become the norm to where the, yeah. the state the state is expected to kind of raise our children for us. Yeah. And well, there's a it. stigma. Or to co-parent, you know. Yeah, there's a stigma that comes with, with homeschooling your kids. And I've been to your house and I've seen your kids, and I've talked to your kids, and I've seen their interactions and everything, and they're smart and respectful, and your kids don't watch TV almost. I've never seen them watching no, TV. This, really. su this summer they've been watching yeah. a lot of TV. I, I always that. see your kids reading or outside playing, which is not something that I can say about my family's younger kids. Yeah. Because, and, and I think that comes with one, your mentality and your wife's mentality, but like I said, there's a stigma around homeschooling, but your kids seem more normal than the kids that I've seen around our area. Yeah, the, well, the, the stigma is socialization. That's a lot of the stigma. They say, oh, you're going to have weird kids. But you have you have plenty of friends with kids that bring – and every time they come over, there's like 
10 kids just having a blast. Being fine socializing. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, what, you don't have to like uh, be in a prison environment. Yes. To be so, like there, there's, there's a level of social socialization that goes beyond anything that's, Dude, that's productive. That you know? prison analogy is so true. Most public schools look like prisons. Like, I mean, they're just well, it, built like prisons. There's literally hundreds of students in these schools. Yeah. You know, and so like I'm, I'm not sure like how big they think the social network really needs to be. Yeah. Like you just need to be in an environment where there's hundreds of people around. No. But I mean, how big was your social circle in school, really? Yeah. I mean, at, mm-hmm. at most a dozen people yeah. that you could say that you were actually exactly. friends with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you create, if you can recreate that without, you know the extra hundreds of kids that that might also just be bullies or you know drug dealers or weighing your kids down right you you know know. so that that it's kind of a bunk argument really you don't they're not really in there socializing with hundreds of people okay so like save me that yeah Yeah. we we build community around our kids we get our kids involved in activities they play baseball they do jujitsu uh they they play play whatever sport they want to play we actually are involved in a co-op to a homeschool co-op so a couple times a week, we go to a church, and there's other homeschool families. We all come together. The kids have that environment. Um, I taught a history class for those kids. Uh, so it was oh, a, that's cool. That was, yeah, it was a cool experience. You know, it's it's um, a learning experience. You know, you, you just you. Uh, it goes back to what he said. You do a lot. You do two jobs. You work a day job. You own a studio. You teach your kids. You don't. You have a. Would you call it a, a humble homestead? Humble homestead. So, to be fair, like most, a lot of that stuff you just listed off is like, not just me though. The the homeschool is primarily my wife. Like, I I taught a class for them. That's because she was she needed somebody to help. She's doing the administration of this homeschool co-op. She's she's the goats are hers. She's milking the goats. The kids are doing taking care of the the animals in the morning. They're feeding the chickens. They're feeding you know. No, of course, no. Neither of us are applying that. We you have a you have a family that is that is a working family. And it's a beautiful thing. It's something you don't see. I mean, I, I, I can't remember the last customer's house we went to and the kid was on a couch reading a book. You, <laughs> yeah. know? you know what I mean? Like, That's I walked true. into your house and they're like, <laughs> I want to take video. Just Why like is everything so that. normal here at all? That's <laughs> yeah. so well, weird. Well, you know, that, that leads back to everything we've kind of been talking about. You know, we, me and my wife, we try to, we set the example. That's not by accident, you know? Of course. So, yeah. so they're reading because we're reading. You know, if if we sat around and watched TV and weren't going to train jujitsu, I mean, you know, it'd be very easy for them to, you know, to they would have a they would have a solid argument as to why we would expect them to do that. Yeah, right. That's a solid, and and that's how a lot of kids grow up with that sort of that resentment towards their parents because a lot of parents are like that. Like, I, I I'm not really going to do any of this, but I want you to excel in this. I want you to go to this activity, go to that activity. Yeah, you, and they you, see their you, parents, and their parents kind of like you know are fat. Maybe they're overweight. Maybe they're, oh yeah, it'll never last. For it'll never kids. last. Never. Or or, or as soon as they're or as soon as they're 18, what you've just built in them is a kind of resentment rather than building actual habits or Bro, actual. The, the do as I say, not as I do, will it'll destroy your kids. Like you'll right. you'll never succeed with your kids, and I. I don't have kids, but it's it's the logical. If you're not giving the example, kids, we said it before. Kids are like sponges. Yeah, they're not, they're, and they're soaking up less of what you say and more of what you're doing. You yes. know what I mean? I want to get back to. I had asked you before, like a couple of um, influences, like the guys that right. you look up to, um, pertaining yeah. to the sport, or you know, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I mentioned my buddy Ryan. Who has the academy in Texas? Me, you know, it's 
it's it's kind of like mutual. It's like you, you you look to build those relationships, and a lot of people talk about this. Uh, you are the people that you surround yourself with, right? And that kind of, I mean, you know, if you hang around with losers, everybody knows this is very innate and right. obvious. If you hang around with losers, you're gonna you know gonna pick up of those course. habits. He he's a guy who like is one of those overachievers almost. You know, this kid was like in his twenties in the Marine Corps. You know, he's a Marine Corps martial arts instructor. He was training jujitsu. This guy's got two master's degrees. Okay? Really? Before he was 30. You know, we just two wow. ma- and he was active duty in the Marine Corps, and he got two master's degrees. You know, he's a, he's a, he wrote a book. He took the book to number one on Amazon Prime, best-selling Amazon Prime. Get out of here. He's a firefighter. He's a jujitsu black belt. Plug his, who, plug his book. Uh, the Art of Self-Leadership by Ryan Reed. The Art of Self-Leadership by Ryan Reed. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I think you I know what? That. I'll post the information in the description. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have that exactly. I he's know a buddy of yours? Yeah, he's one of my best okay. friends. We talk, we talk almost every day. I know you, to, you, you read a lot of Jocko Willink. Yeah, so, so guys, you know, and, and there's a, that, that whole community, right? Jocko Willink, I, I listen to Jordan Peterson a lot. Um, I think that's pretty common these days. Like Those guys are very influential and like ubiquitous for like a good reason. I mean, I think a lot of guys in the jiu-jitsu community, it's it's very it's it's uh it's sort of explicit this whole notion of like self-improvement isn't like exclusively my sort of philosophy at crucible of course, yeah, yeah. right right so I, I mean i just expound that kind of make it a little more explicit with my academy but this is universal you go to most jiu-jitsu academies you're going to be uplifted by people who are trying to improve themselves in multiple different ways always and forever yeah you know, it's in it's it's built in, and and jujitsu as a process like teaches you that that there is no finish line. You know, listen, it, uh, go ahead. Uh, just you know, it, it, there's a the famous you know uh, cliche when you get your black belt, it's like a new white belt. You know, like you start uh-huh. all over again. Okay. So there is no finish line. There's a, it's always a process. It's it, the the uh, the meat and the potatoes of it is in the process itself. The process of learning jujitsu. The process of improvement. The process of self-knowledge and self-awareness, you know, it's, an, it's inherent in the practice. And that applies to, you learn that that applies to everything in your life. You well, know? I think, and just, you know, just to kind of wrap it up and touch, touch kind of put everything together. You have something to say? You no, want to interject? No. Uh, you, better men- wrap, you better wrap that gavel up, B. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whenever somebody says what wrap it up, I just think of the the, the Chappelle show. <laughs> like I'm, t- I'm over yeah. here talking about the jet and I the wrap it up box. He's just getting, in, he's just getting into <laughs> it. He like he like pushes the head of his lawyer. That's, that's what you need. If when you, when you get the video podcast, you need to have a wrap it up box on hand, and whenever somebody starts rambling, you just hit hit the wrap yep. it up box. <laughs> I could do that. But uh, what I think is important about what jujitsu and generally just doing a disciplinary hobby or sport or something like that is what is missing in a lot of the men in this country in in the developed world in the west is that we're complacent and lazy and procrastinating and obsessed with our phones and just Mm -hmm. decide to not plug into our families and stuff and i think that this is kind of why i wanted to have you on because jujitsu it's a no-brainer that it's going to work on all those areas of your life oh yeah you know yeah Dude, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. I learned a lot. I was super interested in what you were saying and like the perspective of that. 
Uh, but dude, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for Appreciate having me. It. Cool. Sure. Thank you. All right, guys. I'll, I'll be back once you guys get video. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And I'm serious about the 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> me too. 18. <laughs> me too. Me too. All right, folks. Thanks for listening again. We appreciate it. Plum Bums Cop Podcast. And uh, we will talk to you next week. 